this is the Scott Score podcast. I'm back after three weeks and I'm joined by Chris Donner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, so we'll just dive right into it, Chris. And three weeks ago, we previewed the upcoming SPFL season. And three weeks later, Rangers have lost to Dun United in the league, got packed out of the Champions League and lost to Malmo twice. Um, and I don't think I was going to be coming back on the pod and discussing three Rangers losses and Celtic, it has to be said, have improved quite a bit since their loss to Hearts at the start of the season. But Chris, where do we start? Um, I think we need to start off with, with Rangers, don't we? Yeah, plenty of talking points for Rangers. Um, but yeah, the three defeats you mentioned, the first time since so-called Cammy Bell Day that that's happened. Um, what was your thoughts on that bad run? Um, well, so the Dundee United game, going into that game, I was I was feeling confident we were going to win. But my God, Chris, we were abysmal on the day. Like, not one player got pass marks against Dundee United. And see, when we lost to Dundee United, I was raging, obviously. But I was like, if we're going to lose, I would much rather lose at the start of the season. Because let's be honest, we were never going to be able to go unbeaten again. Like, like I was a, it was a sore one, especially in the manner of the defeat. But I wasn't really getting too concerned about it. I was just like, okay, right, Dunyan United deserved it on a day credit when it's due. They played well. They wanted it much more than we did. Like, we just were going through the motions. I feel like... We, the Rangers players just expected to turn up and get the three points, which is not the the right mindset to have at all. But then, obviously, a few days prior before the United game, we lost two one to Malmo, and the, the, see that one, I wasn't really worried about that one almost all too much because Stephen Davis scored towards the end. I thought, right, okay, we'll go play Dun United at the weekend, beat Dun United, then we'll play Malmo at Ibrox and we'll beat Malmo and get through to the, the playoffs of the Champions League. And my God, Chris, um, the, the game at Ibrox against Malmo, full house there. Malmo had 10 men, and we lost. And we got sent out of the Champions League. I was raging. I thought it was uh, catastrophic, us going out of the Champions League, because I thought the draw was very favourable uh, to us. And if you can't beat... 10 men Malmo, Chris, you simply do not deserve to be in the Champions League. Simple as that. No, definitely not. Um, Malmo are no, no pushovers. Um, obviously, I think it was like the last time you were in the Champions League before going down, it was actually Malmo knocked you out that, knocked yeah, us out a few... Sorry? Uh, it was 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, and then knocked us out a few years later and now again knocking Rangers out. So they've got a bit of a good run against Scottish sides and they have indeed made the group stages. So... Yeah, I think that was well earned. So, um, well, yeah, just yeah. one one wee thing on Malmo. Yeah, absolutely agree. Like, um, Malmo are, are no pushovers. I said that um, on the season preview. Like, going into, going into that game, I was not getting too ahead of myself. I was like, right, there are no mugs. We need to be up for it. And see, when we took the lead at Ibrox, um, when Alfredo Morelos scored that goal, I was like, right, okay, we can, I think we're going to kick on now and go win this. Because first half in that game, I thought we played some pretty good stuff, played okay. Then the second half starts, I don't know what happened. Like, our defence was all over the place. Um, We gave away two really, really disappointing goals. And I think that was one of the worst performances I've seen from the likes of Conor Goals and James Tavenier and Borna Barisic. Especially Barisic, uh, he his final ball throughout that whole game was, was abysmal. It was pathetic. Um, yeah, it was that was a real kick in the teeth. So it was. Yeah, and then he's needed a game to respond, and it was there for the taking the Dunfermline Athletic Cup game. So he's got the response he's needed there. If it, he's hadn't got a response there, and it would have been four defeats on the trot, then would that have been lit? That would have been truly embarrassing. Would that have been pushing the panic button time? Yeah. If we got beat by Dunfermline, <laughs> then that's where I would be very concerned. But that game came at the right time for us, Chris, because obviously we're on a bad run of form and we went out there, played some good stuff against Dunfermline and absolutely battered them. You know, So, yeah, that came at a good time for us. And Kamar Roof got a couple goals that game. Yes, granted, it was against Dunfermline, but... 
Yeah, like we had to bounce back in, in, in a good convincing fashion and we done just that. Yeah, absolutely. And then weekend there, um, saw Ross County 4-2. Um, that was in between getting through to the Europa League group stages for the fourth consecutive season against Alishkert. What was your thoughts on the performance against Alishkert over the two legs? It felt like it was just sort of enough to get over the line. I know they were rocked by the news this week of the COVID outbreak and Gerard didn't make the trip to Alishkert along with some key players. Um, well, I'll say this. <coughs> um, it was job done. But over the, the course of the two legs, we didn't play well at all, um, especially last night um, when we, we drew 0-0. It was a really bad watch. It was it was a tough watch. Um, like that's a team we should have just like, absolutely battled. Let's be honest. They are they are Scottish Championship level at best. That's be that's me being generous saying that. Um, yeah, we didn't play well over the course of the two legs. But the only positive positive I can take out of what happened over the two legs is we got through. Job done. That's it. Um, I need to have a wee mention about um, John Lundstrom. Uh, he's not had a good start to, uh, to his Rangers career at all. Um, obviously, he got a red card in the first leg. Um, it was a needless foul to give away. Um, look, I'm all for giving players time, Chris. Uh, I, I, like, I don't want to just write him off completely. But, my God, he's had a terrible start. And my patience is running thin with him. You know, he, he doesn't look match fit. I think he needs a bit more time to get settled and at Rangers, because during pre-season, I know it's pre-season, but during the pre-season, they actually played quite well, and he came in with a lot of hype, and I'm, I'm, st- I'm still expecting something from him, but he needs to realise like how big Rangers are, and Rangers fans can only give him so much more time until Rangers fans will just be completely done with him, you know, because he needs to hit the ground running, as soon as possible, because if he doesn't, he won't last here very long at all. No, definitely not. Um, you said yourself in the group chat, there's always so much patience that you have for um, such signings coming to Scotland, clubs like Celtic and Rangers, before it's not very long before you label them flops. But what do you say? Like Celtic fans are having a right laugh about it, comparing them to Shane Duffy and saying, is this season Shane Duffy for you? What's your response to that? Uh, I don't think he's this season Shane Duffy, mate. Um, of course, he's had a bad start, but Shane Duffy came in with a lot of hype. I know, like, Lundstrom's different. Like, Rangers fans are like, oh, yeah, he's... Uh, like, there, is a, there is, is a bit of hype there surrounding him. And we're like, yeah, he's a good player. Like, we, I think we've got a good signing on our hands. So that's what Rangers fans were saying. That was the general consensus. But Shane Duffy, when he signed for Celtic, he was seen as... He was put like the the marquee signing for Celtic. He was getting paraded as the the, the next big thing. He's the, going to be the best centre half to grace Scottish football since Virgil Van Dyke. That's what he was getting hailed as. And <laughs> no, I don't think comparing John Lundstrom to Shane Duffy. I don't think that's a very fair comparison, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, Shane Duffy for me, and I think you will agree, he's got to be the the biggest flop to ever. Grey Scottish football in the past like 20 years. Bigger flop than Joey Barton, uh, if I'm being honest, because Joey Barton, we went over it plenty of times on the pod, he was his own worst enemy. And it, that's the reason why it didn't work out for him at Rangers. But Shane Duffy was just a complete shambles from start to finish when he <laughs> got into Scottish football. And I, I think he got man of the match for Brighton uh, last weekend. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a weird one. Yeah, I know he did say that he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders coming in, like he was a Celtic fan growing up. It was all like a big, he was coming to the his boyhood club, the signing his dreams, and he had a lot going on. He did lose his father on that. You do have to factor in how much that kind of stuff has to play on a player, but ultimately it goes out to performances on the field, and that's what he'll forever be remembered by. But yeah, I do agree. I think it's a little bit harsh saying Lundstrom's Rangers Shane Duffy this season because it's a very small sample size at this moment compared to what Shane Duffy had a full season. Yeah, exactly. He's just had a bad start and obviously I'm not writing him off completely, you know, but he needs to get a grip as soon as possible because, um, as I said, like Rangers fans will not 
put up with this <laughs> for much longer. No, definitely not. So another Europa League campaign, foot, European football until Christmas, that's kind of what old firm clubs, Celtic Rangers, are about getting into Europe, having a run until at least Christmas regardless. But I'd imagine you there'll be some level of disappointment. You really wanted to make your mark in the Champions League, show what you were all about and that. And he's looked more than good enough on paper to me, I'd say, even better than some of Neil Lennon's teams that made the Champions League a few few times and even got out the group stage. Yeah, like, absolutely, mate. Um, I'm, oh, of course, I'm happy we've got European football again, but I really wanted the Champions League. Like, that was that was going to be so huge for the club. And the fact that we've not been able to get Champions League football makes me a bit worried that we might need to offload a player before the window shuts. Um, like obviously the, the Europa League gets fifteen million pounds, right? But the Champions League, I think that is that not like thirty million pounds we would have got if we got through. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a real, real gutter, you know. And as I said, it, it was it was more annoying the fact that the draw was very favourable towards us in Malmo. Or they're not a great side. Like but yes, they were very well organised in the two games that we played them in, especially at Ibrox, where when they went down to ten men. They basically set up with, with, with um, like ten men behind the ball, and they, we could not like we couldn't get back, like we couldn't break them down at all, you know. Um, and yeah, like there's no excuses for it, no excuses for us not making the Champions League. But the Europa League group stage draw was today, and if I'm being honest, I'm I'm content with our draw, mate. Um, that we got, we obviously got. Uh, Leon, we have not. I don't think we played Leon, um, like in a in a competitive game since two thousand seven, where we beat them uh, away from home. Then they beat us at Ibrox three 0 You know, so yeah. What, what do you make of the, the Europa League draw for Rangers? Um, I, I think it was quite favourable. Um, obviously, Leon, they're like the favourites for the group. I'd say you've got Musa Dembele. It, it might give you a tell of nightmares about him. So he's going to be coming back. Um, I'm sure Celtic fans will love to see that. Um, Sparta Prague, who obviously we had a bit of trouble against. We get scalped home and away 4-1, I think, last season. Yeah. Imagine if it was Slavia, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, if I'm being honest, if we make the last 32, or and uh, Slavia make the last 32 as well, or even past that, the knockout stages, I think we can... I think, Yeah, I actually think we'll probably bump into them again. Slavia so actually got knocked out like I've also beat them. Oh, did they? Yeah, oh, they're in the Oh, Slavia, so Slavia aren't in it? Slavia are in the Conference League. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's brilliant. Right. <laughs> I think I was joking last night before, um, obviously, the results became final, but if they saw Legia, I was like, I, I'd put my house on um, drawing Slavia, drawing Rangers. Um, and I say, um, I can't, can't remember his name, but that racist, basically. Uh, if he'd yeah, if he'd been coming back to Ibrox, that you would have needed some security. Man, like outside, there'd be people going through his head before he even get on the ground if he made the trip. If he wasn't banned, still banned by then. Yeah, one hundred ten percent, mate. Yeah, because it always would be worse this time round because fans would be there, and it, like yeah, Slavia. I think, oh my god, they would need to have like some a high uh, security presence. You know, yeah, it, like going back to the the group, obviously Leon, Sparta Pra. Um, and Bromby, I think that's Bromby, a good yeah. yeah, I think we can, I'm more than confident we will get through. Uh, obviously, as you said, like Leon, I have Mr. Dembele there. Um, he, obviously, he's tore us apart in the past, you know, but obviously that was a really bad Rangers side. It's a different Rangers team now, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about the, the draw. Um, and it will be good to actually be in the stadium again for it, like, because last year Rangers had yet another good European run, made the last 16 of Europa League, but obviously no fans were in the stadium for it, you know. Um, but what do you make of Celtic's uh, Europa, uh, Europa League uh, draw? It's, I think it's, I think you've got a tougher draw than us, to be honest, especially going up against Bayer Leverkusen, who we played against um, two seasons ago, and obviously they beat us home and away. They're a very good side, you know, but what, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm definitely not underestimating Bayer Leverkusen. Very good side. Um, we've got a re- we've got a reunion with Jeremy Frimpong set up. Um, Patrick Schick's in the team, who obviously was 
but I, jo- I think he still is the joint top scorer at the Euros, but um, still actually surprised he's there. I thought someone would have come in with big money for him after his display at the Euros, but yeah, and then I was joking last night that it was kind of is it written in the stars, or getting a far too ahead of myself, but uh, yeah, the finals in Seville next May, but we'll, yeah, be, <laughs> we'll, we'll be going to Seville, Real Betis. Um, I, at first I thought it was a clash of the hoops, but um, they're playing like stripes now, so um, I'd imagine Leverkusen will win the group and then it's probably a bit of a toss-up who, who could take second, because um, obviously Betis are pretty evenly matched pretty well. Um, Manuel Pellegrini is the manager, and then Ferenc Varos, who knocked us out at Celtic Park in the Champions League a year ago. So Yeah, you'd be looking to get that redemption there. Yeah, I'm hoping, hopeful for revenge. It'll boil down to, I'd imagine, with the way we're playing, we've improved enough in quite a short space of time under Ange. Um, I'd fancy our chances at home against Ferenc Varos and then maybe a point, and then it all boils down to because I can see he's losing at Leverkusen. Um, Betis will be a tough place to go to, so it's all about, like, getting results at home against the two teams we're up against. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Jeremy Frimpong there. What kind of reaction do you think he's going to get when he comes back to Parkhead? I hope he gets quite a positive reaction. Um, I don't don't really see why he wouldn't. Um, I think it was a bit of a business move, to be honest, when Celtic let him go. But he's a young, still a young player at the time. Um, was the next kind of logical move for him to take to develop his career and make a bit of money and sell to get a bit of money off the back of it. So I'm hopeful that he gets quite a good reception when he comes out. Yeah, so in terms of Celtic, Chris, um, see when, like, obviously we've not done a pod since uh, the, fu- like the first game of the season, or like before that, we've done the preview of the weekend's games, but what was your thoughts after the Hearts and Celtic game when the Hearts beat his 2-1? I think at that moment you were like, obviously you were raging over it, um, uh, and uh, I was actually out at the pub. Then I got a few texts. Uh, what the scoreline was, I was like, no way are they losing two one hearts. Like, I think at that moment you must have thought the absolute worst for the upcoming season, where we beat Levy three 0 and you obviously that you just got packed out the Champions League and then lost the Hearts. At that moment, I think you like you must have been thinking the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just thought this is kind of as bad as I imagined and imagined, imagined it's happening as bad as Rangers fans were saying it was going to play out for us. Like, believing all the hype that Rangers fans throw about that you almost believe it yourself. So, yeah, I was like, this is going to be a long, long season. Yeah, and then obviously we remember as well um, when that result happened, you're a very cool, calm and collected guy. You threw your Celtic top uh, right across the room, and uh, you said a few expletives. Shall nice we language, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, on you go. I was just going to say, I, I haven't worn that top since I've got the new top, and it's brought me a bit of luck so far. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's the thing, though. Celtic, credit where it's due since that result, Celtic have definitely improved. Well, like, obviously, making the Europa League uh, group stage. Um, beating Celtic, sorry, beating Dundee six 0 playing some really good stuff, and then beat, getting a bit of revenge on Hearts, knocking them out the League Cup, and then obviously last weekend absolutely dominating St Mirren six 0 you know, and obviously you've got you've got a gem on your hands with Kyogo, he looks like he's a real top player, bags of pace, energy. I think the Celtic have got a real star on their hands with uh, that young lad. Yeah, absolutely. I've been really impressed with Kyogo's outings. I think it's now six goals in eight games in all competitions. So, yeah, it looks like we've got a real gem in our hands. Um, how much did Celtic get him for? I, I actually can't remember, but um, don't think it came on the cheap because I, I mind all the hype about him when it was rumoured we were going to be signing a Japanese player that he was a bit of a goal machine. So I don't imagine that he... Marinos would have let him go on the cheap. Uh, just to think, by the way, see if you've never got Postacoglu, that you, you just never would have signed him. Uh, you know, you never would have signed him. I imagine. No, probably not. Um, I don't. And wasn't even his manager in Japan. 
All right. Yeah, as far as I know, Ange wasn't his manager. It must have just been like another player he was impressed with within the league and he thought, take him to Scotland with me. Yeah, so what do you make of the, the other signings that Postacoglu's made? Um, I know it's early days, but Starfelt does not look like he's up to much, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, it brings Shane Duffy back up. He's got the same num- dreaded number four that Shane Duffy wore last season. He's been at fault a good four or five times and then... Um, Last night, um, he scored an own goal that almost put Altmar back in the game. Um, so it's like got me worried that the centre back position about a depth at that position because um, Stephen Welsh also the goal last night had a bit of a part in the mistake leading to the first goal. Joe Hart did as well, but he sort of owned that on Instagram. Um, another signing. Um, he made two saves in quick succession against Yablonex that I thought, like, if it was Barkas or Bain goal, they wouldn't have made those saves. Yeah. And again, last night, um, the, the Altmar play was through on goal and he got a strong right hand to it. Um, and then uh, he made another mistake later in the game. Um, coming out, he should have left it for his defenders. He made a, made a key stop there. And it's like, the these kind of saves that a big name like Joe Hart's making, I think it was getting a bit of slagging, there's been a bit past it and all that, but I think at the moment it looks like it's the kind of move that he was needing. He kind of, he won't get back in the England squad now that we like Pickford and that and playing the way there, but uh, yeah, it's definitely revitalised his career and looks like it's working out the way I've hoped so far. I did think that when we signed him, Craig Gordon, he had a bit of a career renaissance at Celtic, so why not Joe Hart? And looks like it's paying dividends. Yeah, because last night, those two goals um, that Celtic conceded were like really bad, like, especially as the goal that you, the goal that you mentioned there, where uh, Starfell and Joe Hart were like, it was just like a complete mess, no communication there at all, you know. But you go, like, you mentioned uh, how Shane Duffy had the number four jersey, and now Starfell's got it. I think it's probably best, mate, that Celtic just retire that number altogether. <laughs> uh, dating back a bit further, Ambrose, the cult hero. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like it's got a long history, that uh, number four jersey. <laughs> so it does, man. You know, yeah, but see, but overall, are you feeling optimistic about this season where it can go now? Um, obviously, Rangers have had a bit of a, a slow start, shall we say, and Celtic right now are playing some good stuff under Postacoglu. I think a lot of people, including myself, are, su- are surprised at the recent form of Celtic, you know. But there's still a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, still a long way to go. Yeah. And on you go, Chris. Yeah, just I thought we'd finish a point there. But uh, yeah, I, it was like, like two back-to-back 6-0 wins in the league. And it was like, I would remind myself, Try to calm myself down. There were brilliant performances in that. We ran riot against St Mirren. Obviously, Jim Goodwin wasn't on the sideline testing positive for COVID. So, obviously, that kind of threw their game plan up there on the Friday. So, I did have to kind of remind myself that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I did think on the flip side of that coin, um, if Celtic are going to get back to where they want to be, then, of course, we're going to be expecting results like that not week in week out but steamroll teams like that from time to time and uh, obviously you mentioned earlier on Chris that there was a COVID outbreak at Rangers this week with uh, Alan McGregor John McLaughlin James Tavenier Ryan Kent um, all to end the Stephen Gerrard and I think I'm sure I can't remember who the other one was as well have you got the you've got it in front of you Um. Gerard, McGotlin, McGregor, Tav, Kent. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that might be it, yeah. So, um, I think Gary McAllister said last night that Rangers are expecting four or five players back for Sunday, which is a huge bonus. Um, that, that, that'll, be, that'll be great. I don't know if Gerard will be back, you know. But see if, um, just say those, like, the, the players like Ryan Kent, Al McGregor, um etc. Don't come back. I go into Sunday. I'm, I'm not even just saying this, right? But I'm I'm still feel confident about getting a result because we've got good depth in this Rangers squad. And the only thing that would concern me 
is young Robbie McCory. Um, I think he, he done pretty well last year at Livy. I think he played about 26 games or so. Um, that's the only cause for concern going into Sunday if we don't have McGregor and John McLaughlin back. But overall, I, I, I still feel confident because we'll have a full house at Ibrox, 50,000 there, no Celtic fans. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a good opportunity for Rangers to make a real, leave a real marker um, like for the rest of the season, you know, because we need a big performance and we've had a slow start uh, this season. Um, and the, 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 there's no, I'm going to be honest, but there's no excuses if we can't beat Celtic this Sunday with 50,000 fans there and no Celtic fans. There's no excuses. We need to do it, you know. Uh, so my prediction going into Sunday will be, I'm going to go for a, I think young Kyogo will score. Um, but, uh, but I think we'll have enough to see off Celtic. And I think we're going to win 2-1. I'm going to go Alfredo Morelos and Yaris Adji. And I'll just say the, the COVID, the Rangers players aren't like back from COVID or like self-isolation, right? I'll, I'll tell you my team that I'll go with on Sunday. I'll go Alan McGregor, not Alan McGregor, uh, young Robbie McCorry in goals. Um, right back, Nathan Patterson. Two centre-halves, Connor Goldson and Holanda. Left back, Bonabarisic. Midfield three, I will go with Stephen Davis, Scotty Arfield, Glenn Kamara, outright Joe Aribo, up top Alfredo Morelos, and out left Yanis Hadji. Well, well, just give me your thoughts going into Sunday then, Chris. Um, well, Sunday, as I say, is like some of our results recently had me kind of like pinch myself. I wasn't like over back and all this. I had I was realistic remind myself that obviously um the level of opposition we were playing against so don't get too carried away. But um the Altmar result like after we get knocked out of the Champions League by Midtjylland um we knew that Altmar were the opponents lying in wait should we have re- reached that stage of the Europa qualifiers and I mind my mate saying I'm honestly dreading that. I don't fancy our chances. So the fact that a matter of weeks later we're knocking Altmar out and getting into the Europa League group stage, then that's a sign of progress already. So um, Sunday, though, that's a real measuring stick game for me as to how far this progress is coming. Um, I know Rangers, like, even if they've got absences, um, first-choice team players, I know that regardless of the very deep squad as you've touched on, um, so they'll step it up for the occasion. Um, I would have like slightly more confidence between like the COVID outbreak and Rangers kind of, I wouldn't say inconsistent, they've recovered from that kind of three-game funk, if you want to call it that. Um, I would have more confidence had we not lost last night. Um, um, you did mention you think he'll go score. Um, he picked up a knock last night. Um, I don't know what his fitness statement is for this Sunday, but um, uh, he'd be a massive, massive loss for us. It'd be such a Blow, I'd know he'd be up for the occasion. Um, so I'll be a bit more conservative and I'll say that we can take a draw at Ibrox on Sunday. And that's actually quite a good, good encouraging signs if we can do that. Yeah, it will be it will be a good occasion, especially having the, the fans back, you know. Um, but yeah, the COVID outbreak is unfortunate. Um, but I see a lot of Rangers fans freak out over it on Twitter and whatnot, and then I'm just like, they need to calm down, they need to settle down, and just remember, we've got a good squad with lots of depth in it, and we've got quality in every single area, and we're the champions, you know, like, we shouldn't be worried going into this game, um, but if we lose, I think, like, a lot of people will be saying, oh, they'll look to the obvious of, yeah, Rangers were missing players due to a COVID outbreak, I'm not going to be that guy, because, as I said, I, th- I feel as though we've got a strong enough squad on paper to get a result, you know. So, yeah, I think that if we don't turn up on Sunday and we lose, then there would be a bit of a cause for concern. Um, like, there, of course, there would have to be, you know, because Celtic, um, like, Celtic are far from the finished article right now at all. You know, they're, they're still going through a rebuilding phase, you know. Um, and plus Postacoglu took over around about the end of June, you know. So, and we've got that stability 
whereas Celtic are just basically trying, they're trying to get their, their stuff together right now and just basically just trying to make up as they go along. And because obviously, Postacoglu worked in absolute shambles, you know, and it was no fault of his own, but he's managed to get to grips with things at Celtic over the last few weeks. So, yeah, the, like, we need to win, simple as. It would be a, disappointing to get a point, but there's, yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be, it'll be shocking if we go there, the tie drops on Sunday and lose. I'll, I'll be, I'll be livid, absolutely livid. How do you feel about facing what I think talked about the Celtic's defensive frailties at the moment? Um, Julian's still not back at fitness, um, so the back two will probably be still, uh, despite his like, massive blunder, because it's like, who else do you really play? Um, Starfelt and Welsh, um, you fancy your chances against that, uh, the two centre-backs? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's the worst area for Celtic. You know, like they're good going forward. Celtic, they're very strong going forward. But see, missing Kyogo this Sunday potentially that is that'll be a big, big blow for Celtic. You know, and but don't get me wrong, Celtic still have a lot of firepower and Edward, um, and obviously you've got the likes of Ryan Christie, who's been in like, his forms picked up so far this season. You know, so yes, that like going forward, Celtic will be a threat, and that's why I think they will get a goal this Sunday. But Defensively, though, that we need to take advantage of that Celtic defence, mate. Like as you Starfelt and in Welsh, there's there's no excuse why we can't, you know, especially with the firepower we've got. I'm expecting a big performance from Yanis Hadji this Sunday. Um he played terrible last night. I don't think many players played well last night. Um, but I'm expecting a big response from especially Hadji, you know, because if we are not got Ryan Kent this Sunday, then he's not back. We are relying on Yanis Hadji to cause Celtic a lot of problems down that left hand side, you know, because this would this game would be set up for Ryan Kent to have an absolute field day with that Celtic defence. And Ryan Kent is a, a player who, who I absolutely admire so much. I think he's an unbelievable footballer, but he's had a slow start to the season as well. Um, but like that, but even though he's had a slow start, he, he still will be quite a big loss for us, you know, because he's like he he always turns up for the occasion in Celtic and he makes that left hand side his own, you know. So I think that would be a big positive for Celtic if Ryan Kent isn't playing, you know. And Yaris Hadji, as much as I do like him, so he's bit he's a bit inconsistent at times where he's so unpredictable. Where one game he'll be fantastic and then next game he'll just be non existent, you know. But yeah, I'm expecting huge things from him, from him this Sunday. That's why I've, I've tipped him to get a wee goal. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but um, <coughs> obviously, you're going for a, a draw, Chris. Um, if Celtic lose this Sunday, I don't. Would you be? Do you think there'll be a cause for concern at Celtic if you just go on and lose, or will you just be like, okay, it's, it's like that's what everyone was kind of expecting? It'll be the disappointment because, as I say, um, we've improved a lot in quite a short space of time, and where we were like, a few weeks ago. Um, as I touch on losing Midland, that opening day defeat to Hearts, where it was like the season's as bad as we expected. So um, I wouldn't panic too much because um, a few weeks ago we were like, we'll probably get a thumping at Ibrox anyway. As long as we don't get a thumping and we give a bit of a game, then go away, work on it. Obviously, still a few days of the window left. Um, we've signed a boy from Shamrock Rovers, he's a defender. I'll make look his name up. Um, meant to be signing that Greek boy, Giacomakis, um, potential replacement or backup kind of thing for um, Edward if he ends up going out away in the last few days of the window. So get a few more players in and that and take take it from there. Um, and also as well, Kamar Roof will be back uh, this Sunday for, for the whole firm, which should be a, a, like a massive positive that be a, that's a big boost and Kamar Roof um he's got a full pre-season under his belt um and last year he, he wasn't able to get a full pre-season and he still done he still had a great season he bagged himself 18 goals um but this year though I think it's going to be the year of Kamar Roof um if he just um, make sure he stays fit um just avoids injuries he will have a great year of this campaign um, and see if Morelos was to go, Chris, it would be a blow, I'll be gutted, but it won't be the be-all and end-all because 
Kamar Roof will be our number one uh, choice striker. And obviously, we've got the likes of Sakala, Cedric Eaton, and Jermaine Defoe as well. Um, like, always uh, backup, you know. So, yeah, Kamar Roof is a top, top player. And if he stays fit, I'm, I'm going to go out... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I think he'll be top goal scorer this campaign if he's able to stay fit and if uh, Alfredo Morelos was to leave, you know. Um, but out of all the players, out of all our marquee players, our top players, if the only one that I would be like reluctantly willing to let go, because I, I do imagine, Chris, we're going to need to balance the books somehow because we never made the Champions League, it will be Alfredo Morelos. That's the player I would be fine with going with. Uh, I wouldn't want Ryan Kent to go because Ryan Kent is too important and he'll be very, very difficult to replace. I wouldn't want Glenn Kamara to go because he's uh, a, very, a very key part uh, in our midfield, you know. But I would, I'd be hoping for us to at least get one more signing in before the, the window shuts. Yeah, if you lost all those uh, marquee players, um, uh, that would be what Celtic fans, if we continue to improve, it'd be like, they would rub their hands here, right, right? This league's now yours for the take if they're going to let all them go, but um, yeah, so you say uh, you would like one more player, and ideally, what position would you like to see addressed by the end of the window? Uh, another midfielder, uh, Chris. We signed um, a lad from uh, Huddersfield called Jorginho uh, Bakuna. Um, I've heard some good uh, things about him. Um, I think he's going to fit into our midfield very well. We didn't even have to spend a lot of money on him. Um, he, he looks like he's a talented player. He looks like you know, he's a like, very tidy player, good passer. The ball likes to get forward and track back quite a lot. Yeah, so I think that's a decent uh, bit of business. We've got him on a, a two-year deal. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see how he'll fit in at Rangers, but I still want at least get one more midfielder in before the window shuts because um, I, as we were talking about Lundstrom earlier on, um, I, don't, I don't want to put all our eggs in one basket relying on John Lundstrom, you know. And Ryan Jack, I, I love Ryan Jack to bits, but it's so frustrating the fact that he is still injured, man. Like, it's very annoying because Ryan Jack is a top, top player. And if he was fit, he'll be in our midfield, like, right away. Right away, he'll be the first name in the team sheet to be in that midfield, you know. So... Yeah, like I, I hopefully Ryan Jack can get fit soon, but we just we just can't keep relying on a Ryan Jack to, like to hopefully uh, hopefully eventually come back fit, you know. Um, so yeah, it, like just one more signing before the window shuts, um, and then I'll be I'll be very content with that to be honest. Because I, I think uh, in the striking department we're absolutely sound. Defensively we're absolutely sound. Uh, out out in the wide areas. Absolutely sound, we're fine, you know. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm very happy with the the Rangers squad, uh, right now and going forward for the rest of the season. Um, I'm as I'm confident, mate. We are going to go on and win the league. My, my stance has not changed at all, you know. And very in terms of Celtic, I think Celtic. I, I think they will be competitive this year. Um, I know Celtic. Uh, let's be honest, they've not played against any top-tier opposition, right? The, 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 like, obviously, playing against Rangers on Sunday, that'll be a big test and challenge for Celtic and Postacoglu, you know? But, yeah, I think Celtic will be competitive this season. Uh, if I'm, I think Rangers are going to steamroll the league like the, the way we did last year, probably not, you know? But I think Celtic... Um, have they, they have surprised me with this, their start to the season? But if Celtic go on and get an absolute doing this Sunday, then I think that'll make that would give Rangers fans much more confidence in terms of like, right, let's we're going to go on here and win the league in a comfortable fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris, is there anything else that you want to touch on before we? Uh, wrap up and do predictions for this weekend? Um, just a wee general point and then another wee bit of lit news I've seen. Um, we were talking, I didn't manage to get that point in because we ended up just going off on a tangent and talking about everything else. But um, obviously for both of us, going out of the Champions League and our performances were both quite disappointing. Um, 
the champions of Moldova, Sheriffs Tiraspol, made the Champions League group stage. Um, done all right. Um, not first Moldovan team ever reached Champions League group stage, but I, I kind of feel like if countries, teams from countries like those kind of leagues are making the Champions League group stage, then I think I'd imagine what Bill Farum are going to have both Champions League spots in Scotland again. I think we both need to give a better account of ourselves next season in that competition if teams from countries like that are able to get into the group stage because it was Zagreb they beat so it's like why can't we beat teams like that teams yeah I know, absolutely agree yeah like that's I know like see in terms of uh, no firm um like trying to compete to get into the Champions League let's be honest it's been embarrassing for years like we have not been in the Champions League obviously for like it's not like understandable why we haven't been in Champions League because we only won the league last year you know but like yeah, it was, I think it's embarrassing the fact that both old firm for yet another year will not be in Champions League football at all. No, that the Scottish League, like, compared to our leagues, it's like not a glamorous league, but compared to other countries, um, it's not like that much of a bad league. And at, at Rangers and mostly Rangers, um, Celtic as well, obviously they've been. Nice to see St. Johnson and Aberdeen do their part for the coefficient and get into the Europa Conference League group stages, but uh, got to have runs in these competitions to maintain that coefficient in the two Champions League spots because well, Rangers just, I keep saying Rangers especially, obviously Celtic are the part and getting in Champions League a couple of times before that. Um, I think it was four or five seasons ago now, so that will still go towards the coefficient, but Rangers obviously have improved in the last two seasons on it. Um, getting that extra, helping get that extra Champions League spot back. We, we don't want to lose that, and we certainly don't want the champions having to play more than two qualifying rounds to get into the group stages of the Champions League. Yeah, and see uh, whoever wins the league this year. Is, is it true that next season they'll be automatically in the, the group stage? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that far. I think it might have been straight into the playoff round, but. Right, yeah, I think, see if that's the case then, it's just, like, like, honest to God, man, like, there's no excuse for, like, whoever wins the league this year to not make the Champions League, you know, and let's be honest, like, you touched on Aberdeen, Hibs, and St. Johnson there, I'm, I'll probably be a bit harsh here, but I think that is embarrassing too, the fact that Aberdeen can't eat, Aberdeen and Hibs, uh, most, like, especially those two, can't even make the Europa Conference, like, honest to God, that that's laughable, you know, like, when's the last time, I think the last time a, a Scottish team outside their own firm made the, like, the Europa League group stage was Aberdeen, and I, that was, I think, 2009, so it was 2009, and that was, it was like, that's like 12, 12 years ago, that, that's uh, that would, bad, yeah. That would have been the first season of the, um, Europe League format because I was thinking it might have been as far back as the UEFA Cup that like a Hartford and Aberdeen were in like the yeah, group stage of knockouts. Yeah, it was a UEFA Cup, but yeah. So the last time Aberdeen made the group stage of the any F European football was the UEFA Cup. Even right before the Europa League was even a thing, you know. Yeah, it's just simply no good enough, mate. It really is not good enough. Like St Johnston, I felt I did feel bad for them, right? But Aberdeen and Hibs. They should at least be making the conference, you know. And like Aberdeen got knocked out in the playoffs, Hibs got knocked out in the, I think the third round. I think it's scalped. Yeah, I watched that and it was it was pathetic, mate. They got absolutely battered. It was, uh, yeah. That's that's why people down south like laugh at uh, like Scottish football because they see teams like Hibs and Aberdeen just embarrassing Scottish football in Europe, you know. I think, I think there's a degree of harshness there. Um, Carabag have came up against Celtic in the Champions League a couple of times. It's a, it's a tough trip now, obviously. Um, and they've gave us a game out there a few times. Um, obviously, Aberdeen came up against... Well, I think if using the pitch is a bit excuse. I know it was like a bad injury Andy Considine picked up. Um, but, uh, maybe I think you're being slightly harsh. Maybe not. <laughs> I might, I might be, I might be, but um, uh, I just, uh, it just annoys me. It just annoys me the fact that, it's like, like they, they had a great opportunity 
a prime opportunity to at least play European football. I know it was a good conference, but still, and they they didn't even have enough to even make that, that not even make the group stage. It's just, I think it's just not good enough, in my opinion, you know. And the Aberdeen as well, by the way. Did you see what happened to them a couple of weeks ago? They got knocked out of Rafe Rovers in the League Cup. Aye. Uh, I know that's... I, I know Aberdeen fans are happy with uh, the start that Stephen Glass has made, uh, where Aberdeen are playing some decent stuff as well. They've, uh, they've had a, a good start in the, the league, obviously, with... Um, Winning the two games and drawing one, sitting on seven points, you know. But that Rafe Rovers result was really bad. Like that was really bad because Aberdeen and their fans, what I imagine, were hoping to at least get a good cup run, uh, especially in the League Cup. And going out to Rafe Rovers is just not good whatsoever, you know. Yeah, and Rafe Rovers award this trip to Parkhead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've you got. Um, Rafe Rovers a parkhead, you know. So we'll wait. before we wrap up, we'll do a wee preview of uh, this weekend's games, Chris. And well, that's us back to normal now with our regular, regular, uh, regular. Can we say it? Regular scheduled programming. Programming. Can't even speak. Um, but yeah. So Dundee United versus Hearts at Tannadice this weekend, Chris. What's your prediction for that? Um, I'll go two 0 Hearts. Yeah, I'm going to go for a, a two-nil hearts as well, Chris. I agree with you in that one. Um, I think Robbie Nielsen obviously has had a good start to the season. Um, I, and I like the fact that Robbie Nielsen's going out there and proving a lot of his uh, naysayers wrong, a lot of his doubters from last season, where uh, a lot of Hearts fans are being really harsh. Like, I know they didn't play a lot of good stuff in the Championship, but... They got the, the job done, won the league, got promoted. I know losing to Brora Rangers in the Scottish Cup was really bad. Um, and I can understand why Hearts fans are livid over that. But wanting to sack Robbie Nielsen, I, I thought that was just way over the top. And I'm glad he's proven a lot of his doubters wrong. And obviously, uh, like he silenced a lot of his critics to start um, in the first game of the season, beating Celtic 2 1. So that was a big feather in his cap. Um, but I think uh, this weekend, Hearts will win 2 0 at Tannadice. Um, Hibernian versus Livy. Um, I'll go 2 1 Hibs. I'm going to go for a 3 1 Hibs. Um, Motherwell versus Dundee. Um, I'll go. One each here. Speaking of Dundee, um, tried to get this in and all. Um, Lee Griffiths rumoured to be going on loan to Dundee. Dundee apparently interested. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, what was it? I've got, I was going to bring this up as well. Like, um, I heard rumours going around that Celtic were trying to get Kevin Nisbet and they were going to offer Lee Griffiths in exchange for Kevin Nisbet. And I see a lot of Hibs fans on Twitter were not happy about that at all. They don't want uh, someone like uh, Lee Griffiths at their club. Yeah, it was a mixed of reaction to that, and there was a sense in all is that it would have been a backwards move bringing someone like Lee Griffiths back. Yeah, um, so Dundee, oof, like that. I think I actually thought Lee Griffiths would end up at Hibs, you know, but it seems like that's not going to happen. Um, that that would be a that would be a good sign for Dundee, you know. But the question is, by what will Dundee fans actually want him? Don't know. I, I know, like, um, obviously, I'm good personal friends with um, Danny Mullen, who's at Dundee's brother. Um, he's out till about November with an ankle injury, so they've got a need in the striking department. So Lee Griffiths could fill that void. Yeah, like what happened the other week? I think it was against Hearts. Um, I, like I read this on Twitter. It, I, obviously, you were at the. Are you, are you at, were you at the game? It was the League but, Cup game. Uh, no, I didn't go to that one. So you, you did, yeah? No, I watched it on oh, TV. My right. friend did my ticket. All right. So see, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but apparently Lee Griffiths at the end of the game just stormed right down the tunnel and he was all uh, worked up and annoyed. Like, did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, what, what do you think the future is for Lee Griffiths at Celtic? Because he's not featured since that pre-season game against West Ham and he got booed off uh, like the majority of Celtic support there. Um, do you see him going before the window ends? 
Yeah, especially if we're meant to be signing, we've brought Kyogo in, we're meant to be going after this Greek boy, so he's hardly going to be featured in Andrew's plans, even if like we did sell Edward. So it is probably kind of in his best interest that he makes a move to Dundee. And I'm kind of not surprised that our team is low down the Premiership as, as Dundee is the kind of level of club that he's attracting. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, I think he would be a good addition to that Dundee squad. Um, but it's just the baggage he brings, you know. So, and that's why I don't think like that a lot of the Dundee fans will be happy. I don't think they'll be happy with a like Dundee signing someone like that, you know, because he's just too toxic. And and it's you see you see the way the Celtic support is divided over Lee Griffiths, and I don't see that changing at all. Even if he was to somehow come back into the Celtic setup and score and start scoring goals, because. It, You've said it before as well. Like, if he was to score a goal for Celtic, you you probably wouldn't celebrate. And I know a lot of decent Celtic fans out there would not celebrate, you know. And he's just been given chance after chance after chance at Celtic. And I'll say it bluntly, he's just took the piss out of Celtic for years and years. And we all know what happened uh, over the summer there. Um, yeah, so it's just, I think Celtic just really need to just like part ways with the guy because it's just. It's baffling how he's still there, you know. But yeah, the Dundee game this weekend, Chris. Uh, how do you see that one going, Motherwell Dundee? Um, I'll go one, one there. I'm going to go for a one 0 Dundee. Actually, do you know what I'm feeling? I don't know. I'm just feeling a bit bold. <laughs> one 0 Dundee. Then obviously the old firm already went over that one. Uh, Aberdeen Ross County. Um, is that Petardry? I'm going to go for a one each. On each interesting production. I was going to go 3 0 Aberdeen. 3 0 Aberdeen. Then St. Mirren versus St. Johnston. St. Mirren have had a they've had a bad start, mate. They have had a they've not had a good start at all to this campaign. Um how do you see that one going? Um I've heard on the news tonight that Jim Goodwin's expected back for that one. Um I'll that'll still say two one to St. Johnston. I'm gonna go for a one 0 St. Johnston. So, um, yeah, Chris, is anything else that you want to bring up before we head off? No, that's it. I know. So until next time, guys, take care and we'll see you soon.